0: So we are on the final part of a three-session series that I've called Bodybuilding, and the concept is I studied uh, health and fitness at degree level, and so I know a little bit about the, uh, the body, and the principles you use in building the physical body can be applied exactly for building the spiritual body, the body of Christ. We are the church, the body of Christ. And you can apply those same principles. Uh, We're looking at three areas. The first one was strength. The second one was uh, uh, suppleness. And today we're going to look at stamina. The idea of strength about the pressure and being strong enough to keep pressure away. And actually it it causes you to grow and handle more stuff. The idea of flexibility about being able to say yes to more things and and be able to be flexible and and move a little bit. And the idea is... In, in, in all of this and my hope is that you just become better people. You become fitter, stronger, healthier, more bendy, more willing to go further. All of those things. That's my hope in all of this because the church needs to get stronger, doesn't it? Which means you as an individual need to get stronger so Jesus gets more glorified. Is there an amen somewhere? Come, it's not going to be a quiet morning. There we go. There we go. So we're going to look at, at stamina. Uh, I don't think I need to unpack what stamina is. It's basically the ability to keep going. Um, and, and there's lots involved here. Um, I'm sure everyone in the room at one time or another has had to do a long distance run, probably even if you didn't want to. you know, Maybe the school cross country or some sponsored run you signed up for and wished you hadn't. You know, not many people probably like long distance running. Some people do but not many. But you will understand that when you get to the point, there is a point in your distance run where your lungs are on fire, your legs are going to jelly and and you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> uh, I, I've been there. I, I remember this story. When, um, and I was, I was a sprinter. So I did the 100 metres in 10-7. I was the fastest white guy you've seen. <laughs> uh, and, and, and so I was quite quick. But I wasn't great at long distance. I was okay at long distance. But I wasn't great at long distance. And we did a, a 20 um, laps of the school field for some charity or other that they were doing. And when I was in about year 10 or something. And, uh, of course, at the beginning, everyone's watching. And because I was a sprinter and a little bit of a show-off, I know you can't believe that, I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll start fast because everyone will see it. And so after lap one, I'm legging it around and I'm starting to go past people. And as I'm going past them, I'm patting them on the bum just to take the mickey as I go past. (laughs) The trouble is, you then get to lap 11. And you're like, wish I hadn't started so fast now. And then you start... Do you know when you get to that stage where you're really trying to keep going, but you feel like you're going backwards? Uh, and then the worst thing is when all the girls start going past you, <laughs> and they're patting you on the bum uh, Do you know what I mean There are moments in a distance race where you're like you, you've, you've you have, you just you can't keep going, but you know you've got to keep going uh, and what's happening is in the natural and i'm going to unpack this very loosely, so all the medics in the room don't come up to me afterwards. You breathe in oxygen, it goes into your lungs. The lungs diffuse the oxygen into the bloodstream, and the heart pumps that oxygenated blood around the body, to the muscles, so the muscles can function. That is, that's a fair, fair... Yeah, yeah do you like that? Yeah. Is there an amen from the medics? Oh. I, I think the medics were agreeing with me, but they're just shy. And... Uh, <laughs> And so that's the gist of what's happening. And so as you get to that lap 11 like I did, my muscles are crying out for more oxygen, but I'm out of breath. And you know when you're out of breath, you breathe like this? <laughs> We've all breathed like that, haven't we? And what's happening is you're not getting enough in. And so you're not getting enough in so that the lungs aren't able to give enough oxygen out to the, to the blood and the, the muscles are crying out for more. And in the end, you kind of just shut down a little bit and you can't keep going. You get cramp. And, and I'm going to use the word, your heart goes out of it. There is a point where you say, I just need to stop. And it's not that your physical heart stops. I hope not anyway, otherwise, we might not be here. But when I talk about heart, you know, your intentions, your, your gut, you know, your, your willingness to keep going, that, the heart, you see what I mean? So there's a point when you're so tired and, and your body's kind of saying enough already. And there's a moment when your heart gives up and you can't keep going. The difference, I think, sometimes is what motivates you. You know what I mean? It's amazing how much further you can go when you're motivated. And that affects your heart and what you're willing to do. We used to have a guy here called Elwin, who was the captain of the paratroopers, and uh, it was amazing. Anyone remember Elwin? Yeah, such a great guy. Um, I feel challenged. I know that we've got someone from the army joining us in February. I'm believing we're going to have a whole bunch of army people in the room, and all the single girls are like, "Yes, please, yes, please, yes, please." It's <laughs> just what I was believing for right there. It's my miracle, a man in uniform, and. Um, <laughs> so I've like completely lost my place there. <laughs> but he would come in, and he brought, and two other guys started coming, and they were actually in his platoon. Or I'm probably using the long, ter- wrong terminology. But he was the, he was their captain, and he would walk in the room, Elwin, and we'd all be having a coffee and stuff. And as Elwin walked in the room, they would stand at attention and go like that. I was like, chill out, boys. are in church. <laughs> and do you know what they said? They said, "You're either in the army or you're not in the army. It's a lifestyle." They said, he is our captain all of the time. And so if he walks in the room, we bump into him, he's our captain then. And I was like, ooh, there's a preach right there somewhere. I said, no one salutes me. <laughs> but it was really quite moving. But this is what Elwin would say, that, you know, the paratroopers are super fit. There's the army and then there's the paratroopers. And the paratroopers have to be super fit because they get dropped into any, any war zone first. They're the first people there paratroop, uh, pa- um, parachuting in. Hence paratroopers, and and so they'll be super fit, and you you will see them from time to time. The hill just over the over the down here, the Bolgan hill, they'll have like their twenty kilo backs on, and they'll be running up and down. And I'm looking at looking at that, going, nope. <laughs> and um, but he would say, Elm would say, because he was the captain, he couldn't show weakness, and he had to be the best because they were watching him. And he says, the amount of times I'm running up that hill, and I, I have got nothing left. But there are some of my guys running past me. And he says, you've just got to keep going. And you know what he said? He said, your body can do far more than you realize. It's what's going on up here. And he said, you have to switch off and stop thinking about how much it's hurting and just say, I'm going to get to the top. He said, sometimes he'd run behind the bush, chuck his guts up, and come running back out, I'm going to keep going. But he said, even then, you can keep going if you want to. You know, so the idea is, the motivation affects the heart, and so his heart could go out of it. But because all of his team are watching him, he says, no, I've got to keep going. And when you say that, you actually can. You see? we um, One of the fitness tests, and I, 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 could, I wanted to do something like that in this environment. But uh, it's, have you ever, ever, ever heard of a bleep test? Yeah. Heard of the bleep? Oh, lots of people have. It, it's, it's, it's basically two cones that are 30 meters apart. And then you play this machine, and it goes beep. And you have to get to the other cone by the next beep. And to start with, it's quite slow. So it will go level one beep, beep. And then you do that four times, and it goes level two. So it says beep, beep. When you get to about level four or five, it's actually quite a a good jog. And then it starts increasing. And so to get into any of the forces, uh, you know, the 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 services like the police and ambulance and stuff, you have to get to level six. It's a standard test. You have to get to level six. So that would be slightly above average. So if I was to say to you guys, who are clearly all above average, you know, I want you to get to level seven, you'd all have a go. And as you were getting to level six, you'd think, oh, this is getting quite tough because it's, it's, it always gets faster. So as you're getting tired-er, the beeps are getting fast-er. You see what I mean? So it's actually getting harder and harder and harder. The more he goes, beep, 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 beep. I think my brother Daniel's not here, but when he played for Carlton he got to level 17. It was just like sprinting. He was like... I don't know where he was at. He must have lungs of steel. But here's my point. If I said to you at level six when you're getting really tired, if I said to you, if you get to level eight, I will give you a million pounds. You would make it. You just would. I don't know how, don't know how you're making it, but you're making it. And do you know what? Your body hasn't changed. Your mind has changed. Do you see the difference? So something needs to motivate you enough to keep going. Do you hear me? And it's all linked with your heart. Come on, I deserve a clap for that. That was, that was flipping awesome. Okay, the trouble is in today's society, and, and, the, and the, I think I just finished there, so that was quite good, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> the trouble in today's society, we live in a quick fix society, don't we? You know, the reality is, who gets the raving hump if the batteries run out on the remote control? We don't even want to get up and turn the telly over anymore. You know, who, 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 it, we got into this fast food generation where we go to McDonald's, or we go to KFC, or we go to Domino's and stuff. Don't even have to go anymore, get it delivered to you. Life's just getting simpler and simpler and simpler and and, and more now, 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 now. That's the world we live in. The trouble is, if that permeates everything and it's beginning to, we just live in this, this society where we don't have to try and push for anything. It just happens and it happens now. Do you understand that? That is the world we're living in right now and it is affecting us because we're in it. But it doesn't help with stamina, which is the ability to keep going when it's tough. Yeah? We um, had some guys here, I think it was Ian and Matt and Andy and Franco, who did the Cultures to Half Marathon was it last year or the year before, or, or recently anyway. Well, the Half Marathon 13 miles. Not my idea of fun. But who knows, at the 13 mile mark, it's just over 13 miles, it finishes at the Cultures the Football Stadium, and for the last half a mile, there are literally thousands of people clapping them in. Friends, family, people who just want to go and see the spectacle. People might have sponsored them. And in the last half mile, they're like, yeah, well done. And suddenly from somewhere after 13 miles, they find a little sprint. Because people are cheering them on. But if you talk to these guys, they don't need clapping at the end because they can see the end. Where they need clapping is at the nine mile mark where there's this horrible hill. And they're absolutely shattered. They're still four miles or to go. They're really tired. And there's a great big hill. No one's there then. Oh, got to keep going. I've got to keep going. I've got to keep going. Your head is saying, just stop. Who's going to notice? But there's something motivating you to say, no, I want to do this. And, and people need to understand in every area of life, there's always a nine mile hill. Always. And no one is there then. You know what I like to do? I like to celebrate people who have been married for 50 years or more. Give us a wave if you've been married for 50 years or more. One here, one over there, a couple over there. Let's give these people a round of applause. (laughs) Because here's what I know. Sarah and I are in our 20th year of marriage, and Daniel and Sarah are in their 21st year of marriage. So in our family, we're we're kind of not bad at marriage. Rubbish at everything else. (laughs) Not bad at marriage. But here's the truth. And we will clap and celebrate the 20-year mark, the 30-year mark, the 50-year mark. But who's there on year seven when there's the nine-mile hill? Because every marriage will have struggle. It just will. You're two different people living together, sharing life, having children, paying the bills, fighting life, getting on with it. There's always a hill, always. But we're not there then. But there is something in these people who look at each other in the eye and say, we're in this together. I remember the vow I made before our friends and before my God, we stick to the end. And it's tough right now, but come on. Do you know what that is? Stamina. It's the ability to keep going when it's tough. And then they get to 50 years and they look at each other and go, "Well, did that many years go? We've done amazing, haven't we? Because it's amazing how you forget the struggle when you're celebrating the good bit. But the the bad bit happens. And it happens to everyone. The perfect marriage isn't out there. Except with my wife, obviously. But do you see the point I'm making? Do you know what I celebrate? I celebrate businesses who are in their 20th year of trading. And, you know, and maybe they're providing a great service for someone. Maybe they're employing people and creating a place for employment and other people to be blessed. Maybe they're just nailing the business world. But do you know, we celebrate that. And do you know when we celebrate it? When the money starts rolling in and we see the success and the holidays and the homes and the cars. We celebrate that. But did we see the moment where they nearly closed down? Did we see the moment in year three when we thought, should we keep doing this? We didn't, did we? But there was a decision made in that point and we didn't see it. And it was a decision linked with heart and stamina. Come on, my heart's in this. We're going to push through. And then at the 20-year mark, when we look back and go, look at what we've done, it's because you had the heart and willingness to keep going. Yeah. Do you hear me? I, I love people who pass exams. Give me a wave if you're going to pass your exams this year. Confidence in the room. Come on, liking it, liking it, liking it. But the reality is, on certificate day, we're all there to clap. Well done. Yes, you can wear your, your hat and your gown and throw your hat in the air and get your certificate. And all the family come and we clap you. No one's there four months ago when you're doing the all-nighter. No one's there when you're struggling to meet that deadline. No one's there when you're reading and reading and reading. And you're going, stick in my brain. Why can't I remember you? No one's there then. But there is something in you that says, I've got to keep going. Do you see? That's stamina. And it affects every area of life. I celebrate people who've had devastating blows in life. Lost a loved one. Bankruptcy. Mental health breakdown. Relationship breakdown. Struggle. Sickness. All these things that people go through. And it it just punches you in the guts in your life. But you're still here. And there is something in you saying, I can keep going. I celebrate you. Come on, give everyone a round of applause. So we live in this world that is instant and quick fix. But we love and serve the God of seasons. And the trouble is with the God of seasons is there's a season for all things. And we have a need in our life and our time is now. I want it now. God says, I've got that thing for you, but first I need to do some work on you. First I need to change the attitude, because you can't handle what you want now, but I'll get you ready to handle what you want in my time. Who knows God's time's always best? And you know what, sometimes we have to not have it now, but go through the seasons. But the trouble is, when you want it now, you sometimes feel buried under a mountain of struggle. Can anyone ever relate to that? Sometimes it's just like there is so much stuff you know, I'm believing for that, but it just seems, seems such a long way away. And I'm just buried under a, a mountain of struggle. The question you need to answer, ask yourself is this. Are you buried in the graveyard or are you buried in the garden? Because we serve the God of the garden. You might well feel buried right now, but you need to know this. If you're buried in the garden, the gardener is working and he's pouring water and you can't see it. And You'll feel buried and you're struggling, but at the right time, you will sprout out and blossom and it will be amazing. And it'll be far better in the gardener's time than yours ever would. But you know what it takes to get there? The willingness to keep going, even when you feel buried. Come on, am I speaking to someone today? You need the ability to keep, oh, I can't see it. Barry, you're saying this, but I can't. Keep going. Oh, Lord, I just feel buried. There's so much stuff. Keep going. Because you know what? You're in the garden. You're not in the grave. You're alive and kicking. God's doing something. He's watering you. And there's going to be a moment where your life just goes boom. And we're going to (laughs) celebrate. See, we can't see your struggle all the time. But God knows. And he's never given up on you. So have you got the stamina never to give up on him and trust him? That's faith right there. Come on, I'm speaking a good word here. I can feel it. I can feel it. Everyone has a nine mile mark. Everyone. Everyone has that moment where it's getting hard and I could, my heart could go out of this. I could just give up. I'm trying to keep going and no one's here supporting me. We'll keep going because you know what? We're cheering you on. We're cheering you on and we're going to do this together. Let's have a look at Hebrews 12 and verses 1 through 3. Kind of sums it all up, I guess. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance. Everyone say perseverance. Let's run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Here's the thing. We can be encouraged right now because Jesus himself endured before us. He went through some stuff. He endured to the point of the cross where he stretched out his arms and says, I did this for you and you and you and you and you. I've endured. and Now I've overcome. And I'm sat at the right hand of the Father and there's a place for you to sit with me. Do you know that? You are seated with Christ now. Not not later now. Do you know why? Because Christ lives in you. And so you are seated in heavenly places. We need to live like that now. We've been praying earlier for freedom and breakthrough and miracles. You are seated with Christ. That is your rightful position now. Not later, now. And so we have the ability to persevere. We have the ability to endure. But you know what we need to do first? Throw off the things that tangle us. There are people in this room that have got grievances. There is unforgiveness in this room. Well, Barry, if you'd seen what that person did or said about me and stole from me and hurt me and let me down, would well, do you know what that's doing to you? Tangling you up. Because unforgiveness always tangles you up. See, the other person who you've got a thing against, they're getting on with life. They don't know how you'll feel, they're getting on with it. So the only person being entangled by unforgiveness is you. And so when you let it go and go, okay, God, I didn't deserve that. But you know what? I let it go, I forgive them. You untangle yourself. Do you know what that does? It frees you up to run your race. So come on, no unforgiveness in the room. I don't know if I'm speaking to someone right now, but let it go. Let it go. Come on, turn to three people. It's important. Let it go. Can we let go of bad habits? There are bad habits in your life. We've all got them. But if we could let them go, just I'm not living like that. When I do those things and I say those things, I know it's wrong and I beat myself up. Come on, let's stop. Because it's tangling us up. It's hindering us from persevering and running our race. Do you hear what I'm saying? Poor self-image. It still exists in the church. You are made in the image of Christ. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You have a purpose. We have got so much to celebrate. No matter what is going on in your world right now, you're flipping awesome. You are. Let's live like that. Because what's happening is we're looking at ourselves and we're comparing ourselves with everyone else, but the the word says, run the race marked out for you. You're not called to run my race, and I'm not called to run yours. So if I get on and do my thing, and you get on and do your thing, and we cheer each other on, everyone's a winner, baby. Yeah? We need to do our thing and do it well. Because then we are free to run with perseverance. The race marked out to us. And do you know what? We win because Jesus endured on our behalf. Do you hear what I'm saying? I want to just talk about a couple of Old Testament heroes On the basis of this, do you have a dream and how bad do you want that dream to happen? We talk about dreams quite a lot in church life, I guess, and I hope you've got a dream. The word says, those without vision cast off restraint. So if you haven't got a dream or something you're aiming at, you know, you, you should be aiming there, but you cast off restraint. So you go over here and over there and over there and over there, when you should be going there. Because when you've got a vision, you say, no, 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 that going over there doesn't fit my vision, I'm going here. And that going over there doesn't fit my vision because I'm going here. I'm not casting off restraint, I have a vision, so I'm straining towards my vision. Do You see what I'm saying? You need to have a dream. If you haven't got a dream, get a dream. But with this idea of stamina, will we persevere... And keep pressing when it feels like we're nowhere near the dream because the gardener is watering and we need to keep going. Look at this in Genesis 32, 24 through 29. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched and he wrestled with the man as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he, replied, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. Here's the thing. Jacob had a dream to be blessed by God so that his family would inherit a blessing. And he was prepared to wrestle with God himself all night. And when God said enough, he said, no, my heart's not gone out of this fight. I want that blessing. I'm not going to stop. And you know what God did? Touched his socket and dislocated his socket. And he said, not giving up. How many of us have had something put out of place in our life? And we're like, I oh, forget this is not going right. Well, Jacob wanted the blessing so bad. He was so motivated. His heart was so in it. He had decided, I'm going to keep going. It's painful now, but I'm not letting go. And then God said, I'll oh, bless you because you wrestle with me. I'll oh, bless you. He wanted it so bad. He wanted his dreams so bad. He would not give up even when it became painful. So it begs the questions. How badly do you want the things of God? How badly do you want your friends and your family to encounter Jesus? How badly do you want Jesus to be glorified in your workplace, in your place of study, in the town you live, in the street you live in? How badly do you want the job of your dreams? How badly do you want the relationship of your dreams? How badly do you want your children to live blessed? You know, We need to be prepared to fight and not give up for these kind of things. We're talking life here. And we need to be talking... Biblical uh, standards. Jacob didn't give up. People, we can't be giving up. If you've got a dream in your heart, don't give up. Keep going. Keep going going you may feel buried you may feel like you're at the nine mile mark with a great big hill in front of you and there doesn't seem to be any around keep going because do you know what at the end there's going to be a round of applause at the end there's going to be some fulfillment at the end there's going to be a blossoming at the end there's going to be the blessings of the lord but right now you must keep going am i driving my point home church you got to keep going you just got to keep going because god wants to bless you you are god's kid you know, I, i've got two children i love them comp- so much. And anything I can do to bless him, I will. But even I know, giving Josh, who's 15 years old and awesome, what he wants right now isn't going to bless him. He thinks he's going to bless him. It's not going to bless him. He needs to wait a little bit. Do you know why? Because I'm his dad and I've got a little bit, sorry, Bosh. Uh, I'm his dad and I know. I know he's not ready to hand it just yet. But I will give it to him. And maybe our father in heaven is just like that. You're saying, I want this thing. I want this relationship. You're not ready for the relationship. You need to be in a better place to bring something to the relationship. Oh, I need a breakthrough in finances. You're not ready to handle finances yet because you've always stuffed it up in the bus. I need to teach you some principles. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Your Father in heaven wants to bless you, but we need to wrestle through some stuff at the nine mile mark and keep going. So he blesses us. Isaiah 62, it talks about a calling on the Lord and giving him no rest. You know, again I'm a dad and who knows that any parent out there it, when your children come to you and 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 come to you, and come to you ask them say, "But in the end you're like oh for crying out loud but it gets your attention the answer still might not be yes but you know you know you know what they want the bible encourages us to go to the father and give him no rest have you given up with the father Press in in prayer. Tell him your dreams. Do life with him. He wants to bless you and you feel buried, but he's watering. He's up to some stuff and you can't see it yet, but he loves it when you keep going to him and saying, God, come on, don't forget what I've asked. Come on, I'm pressing in. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving you rest. Do you know why? Because I've got the stamina to keep going. Come on, we've got to keep going. Jacob walked with a limp rest of his life. cost him something. It was a bit painful. Do you want your dream bad enough that it might be a bit painful? We're talking real right now. Second guy I want to talk about is Moses. And you'll read his story from Exodus 19 onwards, this part of his story at least. And uh, it was at the point where he was communing with God and God called him up the Mount Sinai uh, to give him the Ten Commandments. And, And Moses said, okay, I'm going to come up. And he goes up a mountain. And we use this word like mountain. He goes up a mountain. That's how badly he wants to get there. It's not like he goes up a little hill. He goes up the mountain, the people say, you go up and you get before God because we're, we're trembling and fearful of God and you go there because you're the man representing us and, and we'll wait here and, and you tell us what he says. So he goes up the mountain and gets to the top and, and, and he sits with God and God talks to him and he, he gives him the Ten Commandments and says, this is how I want you to live. Do you know that the Ten Commandments aren't a bunch of rules? You know, the Ten Commandments was a marriage proposal. That's so cool. Because, it, because in that culture, families would come together and say, look, if you're going to marry my daughter and you're going to marry my son, there needs to be an agreement. And so this is what I expect from you. And this is what we will do on behalf of all of that. And so it's not a bunch of rules. It's like, if you want to be my bride, you know, the church is the bride of Christ. If you want to be my bride, you want to, you want to marry me. This is what I'm looking for. And if you do that, I'm going to do this. I'm going to bless you in the country. I'm going to bless you in the city. I'm going to bless you when you come in. I'm going to bless you when you go. But we have a responsibility. And so he was up there having this conversation, and it took a little while. Did the people of Israel have stamina? Our survey said, (laughs) (laughs) what's happening is here is we're seeing hearts. Moses had the heart to go up and sit with the Father and inquire of him. What do you want us to do? How do you want us to live? I need to glean some wisdom from you because I'm committed to this relationship. The people didn't want to make the effort with the relationship. They just wanted to be told what to do. But in the period of waiting, they got fed up. And you know what they did? They made idols. So here they are waiting for the promises of God. And instead of waiting, they just make idols. The famous one is the golden calf. You may well be familiar with that phrase. And Moses comes down and hears all the people of Israel dancing around this golden calf. Ooh, I don't know how they've done it. <laughs> dancing around his golden calf imagine Moses Moses is fuming he's been up there showing the heart his heart to God saying we want to live um, uh, uh, under your blessing and we want to do life with you he comes down to the people they've made a golden calf they're celebrating the golden calf do you know what God said there will be no other idols before me and he comes down the first thing that's happening is there's an idol before him they're showing their heart they couldn't they didn't have the stamina or the motivation just to wait another day if they'd waited another day, the blessings of the Lord were coming. Can you see? Have you got the stamina to wait another day? I don't know what another day wait, looks like for you, but have you got the stamina to keep going, keep doing the right thing, keep honouring God even when it feels like you're buried, keep going on the, the nine-mile hill mark, and just keep going and honouring God and doing the right thing and living it right because the blessings are coming. Sometimes you've just got to keep doing the right thing. But these guys didn't do the right thing. They made an idol. Would you make an idol? Because we look at these Israelite people and we think, what a bunch of nincompoops. I'd never do that. But here's what an idol is. God says there'll be no other idols before me. An idol is anything you put before God. It's An idol. God says I'm number one. Anything you put before me is an idol. Shall I tell you what I think some of the idols are today? And then you can decide if you've got them or not. Sport. I think in our country at least, football is one of the biggest idols. And I'm talking as an ex-professional footballer here. So it's not like I'm I'm biased. It's like the amount of people who would rather go and do sport than honour God with their life is unbelievable. And so what's it become? Something that's before God. So what is it? An idol. Do you hear? Money. It's an idol today. We're all chasing the money. We all could do with a bit more money. There's probably not a person in this room who wouldn't mind a bit more money. But the trouble is, when money comes before God, what does it become? An idol. So we all say, I'd never do that. Well, I'll tell you if you do that, show me your giving controversial did he go there well because what we do is we get our money that god provides we pray for the job I lord give me the job opening i want the promotion thank you jesus i got the promotion my my wages have gone up 20 grand a year all the students are saying yes it did got up 20 grand a year but then the offering basket goes around and we're like it's my money because you put it before god we prayed for god for money and then when the money came we didn't honor God. And so money is now put before God. Do you see? And it becomes an idol. We wouldn't do that, would we? We'd never do that. Family. Family is something that consistently gets put before God. We're going to gather church. Oh, yeah, I was going to come to the gathering and and give my praises and thanks to God, but I've got a family thing. Doing it all the time. You know, I was, I was going to get involved in midweek church and do some stuff, but I, I'm seeing the family. And, of course, family's mega important. Of course it is. But you need to wrestle, is it something that is now becoming before God? I'd put my family up against anyone's family in terms of how we are intimate with each other, love each other, care about each other, and cheer each other on. But I tell you what, we are fully committed to God all of the time. And yet we're still close. So I wonder if there's some people here sat here today thinking, oh, Yeah, okay. And I'm not here to condemn anyone. I'm here to challenge you to say, could you be a better version of yourself? Could you have the stamina and put your heart in the right place and say, yes, I'm going to press through. I'm not having any idols in my house. God is my number one. Actually, I've not even looked at it like that before because you're an amazing person. What else have I got down here? What else have I got? must have something. <laughs> I'll leave it there. But here's the thing. you know, We talked about oxygen being breathed in. I want to put a spiritual slant on that because this is what it says in Genesis 2-7. It's true of you. Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. You have the breath of God in you. You've got it in you. The breath of life is in you. Your heart will determine what you do with that breath. Can you see where I'm going? You see, where's your heart at? If your heart is to put God at number one, then as you breathe in the spirit, your heart will say, come on, this is where we're taking it. And this is how far we're going to take it. Because I'm motivated. And do you know what motivates me? To bring glory to Jesus. I'll do whatever it takes if it glorifies Jesus. If someone else gets to meet Jesus, I'll do what it takes. I'll go the extra mile. I'll run further. I'll push harder. I'll give more. I'll serve more. I'll go to anything. I don't care what I've got to do if someone meets Jesus. If Jesus gets glorified, if I get to bring a little bit of heaven down to earth, I'll pay the price. Jacob walked with a limp. I hope I don't have to do that. But you know what? If that's what it took, but it's about heart. I've got the breath of life in me and so have you. Where's your heart at? Because your heart is so linked with your ability to keep going. Because if your heart's not in it, when the nine mile mark comes and no one's around, you will give up. But if your heart's in it, It's a motivation to say, yeah, this is tough right now, but I'm going to keep going. And I'm going to keep going because my moment's coming and Jesus is going to be glorified. So I'm going to keep going. And I don't care if anyone sees it or doesn't see it. I'm going to keep going because I'm running the race mocked out for me. Come on, is there an amen in the house? If if heart's so key, there's some great biblical stuff around heart. And I hope this this kind of gets in you. Psalm 24 asks this great great question. It says, who may ascend the hill of the Lord? And the answer is this. Those with clean hands and a pure heart. Who can get close to God? Clean hands, pure heart. Well, clean hands is very obviously talking about the way you live, what you do. It's your hands. What what are you doing? What are your habits? What's going on in your world? Is it clean before God? That's what he's looking for. Come and wrestle with yourself. Get your life right. You can do it. It's a choice. And then a pure heart. What does a pure heart look like? Well, maybe a good answer is someone who is... Submitting to God so that you get the Father's heart in you. And so it's not about my heart. It's actually about his heart beating in me. And when I see and live life through the Father's heart, he will look down that as a pure heart. So I want the things that are important to the Father. So the question is, is your heart pure? Is it in good nick? Do you persevere with things that are important? Or do you give up easily? And here's a health check. Love this. You say to me, I've got a good heart. and I say, okay, let me check that with you. You can check it yourself. Here's a good check. Jesus speaking, Luke 6, verse 45. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Here's how I tell if you've got a good heart. Talk to me for a little while. However you speak about your friends, good or bad, is showing what's in your heart. However you speak about your faith, good or bad, is showing what's in your heart. However you speak about your family, good or bad, is showing what's in your heart. However you speak about your church, good or bad, is showing what's in your heart. What you are talking is coming out of something from the inside of you. Can you see it? So if you start looking at your language, what's your average language? Now, we all have a bad day. I'm sure sometimes you say something, oh, I shouldn't have said that. We all have a blip, but what are the averages? Is your language, on average, negative, dark, putting down, disrespectful? Well, that's the case. That's saying something about your heart, and you need to change it, and you need to change it today. Amen? Am I speaking a bit too truthful today? It's a good check, isn't it? That's Jesus speaking. That's not me. That's his check. Ask yourself, what am I saying? Because if your goal is to have a good heart and run the race with perseverance, you need to watch what's coming out of your mouth. How about this? And this is, I think, one of the bravest prayers anyone could pray. Uh, Psalm uh, 139, verse 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. What a brave prayer. Could you go to God and say, search my heart, test me. Show me what's going on. How brave is that? Because we all think we're good people. But are you brave enough to get on your knees before the God of the universe and say, test me, search me, I'm laying it open before you? What a brave prayer, but what a brilliant prayer. What a brilliant prayer. Highlight to me where I need to get better, God, because I'm willing to go there. You know, and the thing is, because the heart's deceitful. Now, how many people know someone who says this or maybe you even say this oh you know my heart anyone heard that before oh, you know my heart or my heart's in the right place ever heard that before do you know what that really is that's a cover-up for for not doing what's right now, I didn't do what was right but you know my heart yeah I know your heart you're showing me by what you're doing And what they're really saying is, I'm a good person, and and, uh, my heart's in the right place. And you know, yeah. (laughs) Can you see? Really, having your heart in the right place will achieve nothing. Doing the right thing will achieve everything. So you need your heart to be displayed in how you're speaking and what you're doing. And the reality is, it is displaying what you're speaking, what you're doing. Maybe you're deceiving yourself, thinking your heart's good when it isn't. What a challenge. I want to lead a bunch of people who are willing to go there and say, God, reveal, reveal my heart to myself. That's brave prayer. And let me underpin that by saying, you're an amazing person. I bring this stuff and open this up to you because you're worth fighting for. You have a race to run. And I want to be someone who stirs you up to get on the right track and run it well. And run it with persistence and consistency and stamina to keep going. And that means saying, check my heart, Lord. Are you with me? Is this good? Is this okay? Come on, pure heart is linked to stamina. Last verse I want to share with you. Psalm five, uh, Romans 5 verses 1 through 5 says this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through, uh, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace, which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that sufferings produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. What a great passage! Here's the reality There is hope on the inside of you. Do you know why? Because Jesus went to a cross, defeated everything that could ever attack you and said, now run with it. You are called to live free. We have this hope in our hearts that God is with us. God lives in our hearts, which means we win. And because of that, we can run free. So when we start thinking, I can run free, do you know what that gives us the ability to do? Persevere. God will give us the stamina If we'll say, I'm going to keep going. He will do it with us. You're never on your own in this Christian walk. How epic's that? So whatever situation you find yourself in, know this, God's with you. Know this, Jesus fought for you. Know this, you're representing heaven. And notice there's a crowd around you saying, come on, we can do this together. Come on, let's push through. If you find yourself on the nine-mile mark or you find yourself buried somewhere in it all, come on, keep going, and we're going to keep going together. Is there an amen somewhere? You need some motivation because it all boils down to motivation. When you're in that difficult pit, are you motivated enough to keep going? Well, here's some truth. Your dream's at stake. Your dream is at stake. Unless you're going to push through, the dream's never going to happen. Just because you feel your heart's in the right place not going to happen. It's about what you're saying and what you're doing, which will demonstrate it. Your children are at stake. The way you are living is affecting your children, whether you like it or not. They will replicate. That's why I give honor to my parents. Look what they produced. Daniel, Michael, yeah. But the reason I can do this is because they demonstrated that. They create a platform for me to go beyond them. And Sarah and I are creating a platform for our children to go beyond us. Your children are at stake. Come on, persevere. Come on, have stamina. Come on, build something. Come on, make good decisions. Come on, stop pretending you've got a good heart. Show us your hearts. Come on, church. Your exam results are at stake. Your finances are at stake. The lives of the people in this town are at stake. The lives of the people at the university are at stake. The lives of the people around the world are at stake because the church needs to run with perseverance. That should be motivation enough right there. So can we be people who develop the ability to keep going? Knowing that, knowing that at the right time, in the right season, you will walk in the blessings of God because his heart towards you is good. And it's worth fighting for. And it's worth keeping going with. Because the God of heaven loves you. Amen. Can I pray for you? Come on, let me me just invite you just to close your eyes if you're willing. Let's have a moment. Come on, I hope through this series you've been challenged to be stronger. I, I hope you've been challenged to be more flexible. I hope you've been challenged to keep going because we want to be people who are fit spiritually and physically. You're amazing people. There's so much on the inside of you. Come on, it's time to let it out. Come on, dream bigger. Aim higher. Let faith arise. Your God is with you. For someone at that moment of life where you're like, this is a real struggle. I feel like I'm buried under it all. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Your time's coming. Your Father is watering you. You don't see it yet, but your time's coming. Keep going. Just with every eye closed, is there anyone here today who says, yeah, I want to make a commitment today to keep going? I know that at times in my life I've wobbled and wavered and right now maybe I feel a bit flat as a pancake but I feel stirred this morning to make a fresh commitment that Lord, I'm pressing in. Lord, I'm keeping going. Lord, I'm not going to give up. I trust in you to go through this with me. If that's helpful to you, give me a wave. We're going to pray together. Thank you there. Oh, wow. Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Lots of people, bless you. Bless you. You can put your hands down. Father, I lift up every man and woman and child who put their hand up to say, I want to press in. Now I speak encouragement to you in Jesus' name. We are cheering you on. There are a cloud of witnesses in heaven cheering you on. Be encouraged. Lord, I ask, Father God, for a a fresh gift of of perseverance and stamina to keep going. Lord, I want to ask on their behalf for a win. Something that is tangible to them that will encourage them. Something to shift their believing for. There's a wind coming your way. But keep going. But keep going. But keep going. Is there anyone here today who through this meeting has felt stirred and you're, you're not close to Jesus? Maybe you've never known Jesus. It's today the day you say, Jesus, I want you in the middle of my life. I want to run this race with you. I want to walk into the blessings you've got for my life. I want to run the race that you marked out for me. I want to be free to be me. Is there someone today who says, yes, I want to be right with Jesus. Give me a wave because we're going to pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Give me an opportunity. Give me a wave. Thank you. God bless you at the back. Is there anyone else? Give me a big wave so I can see you. I know there's others. Thank you, Lord. Another, man, another person at the back. There's two people I can see. Come on, these are big moments, church. Lives are being changed. I want to invite you to pray this with me, especially for these two people who are just saying, yep, today's my day. Let's pray this prayer. I'll pray a line, you pray a line. Father God, thank you that you love me. Today, I choose to invite you, Jesus, to be the center of my life, to live in my heart, and to lead me forward. I say sorry for the things I've done wrong, and I know you forgive me. And all God's people said,